showing everybody how to grow their confidence One for all and gold like Donovan Gold So we Beyond the game Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the Game podcast This is the Leadership Academy We all know that injuries are a part of sport And it's so unfortunate that it happens However, that is the nature of the game But what happens after the injury is absolutely crucial to what happens for the remainder of your career. You can either let it be completely debilitating or you can cultivate a mindset of resilience and mental toughness. Today, we have the privilege of talking to somebody who knows this very, very well. This young lady is a graduate of the University of Western Ontario. She has gone from player to coach and now business owner. And in her words, she is built different. She is Alexia Rooms. Lexi, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I am doing fantastic. It's been, honestly, I feel this has been a long time coming. I've wanted to interview you for a while since I saw you start uh, Female Soccer Fitness. And I am super amped for this podcast. And I know that there's going to be so many gems and so many just little pieces of, of knowledge that you're going to pass on that will definitely change somebody's life. I'm so excited. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about you before we get into it. So my name is Alexia. I'm a soccer player. I've been playing soccer since I was around four years old. And one interesting thing about me is that I've torn my ACL three times on my right leg, unfortunately. Yeah, on my kicking leg, which I'll explain as part of the story, but it basically made me stop pursuing my dreams from going to play D1 soccer in the States, which is what I've been working for since I was around like 12 years old. And then I just came across, like I took a break from the game for a while, but then Working at Future Girls in Oakville, coaching young girls helped me get back into the game. And honestly, like that was the best thing that's ever happened to me because usually like when you can't play your sport, it's hard to get back into it, right? So coaching like changed the game for me. And then I used to always be, even when I would see you at the gym all the time and like be training, training has always been a passion of mine. So I realized that soccer players, female soccer players actually don't focus, young girls specifically, don't focus on the fitness aspect which is where female soccer fitness was born. Like if you can start earlier, then you, when you grow older, it'll just become natural and you'll just tear it up on the field. So yeah, that's how female soccer fitness was born. That, that's <laughs> awesome. That's, that's awesome. Those are, those are big words. And honestly, like I'm, I'm so excited because you mentioned future girl soccer, which I think we should need to touch on. Cause I think that's, that's another phenomenal yeah. uh, organization. And you also mentioned you tore ACL three times. Like I've, I've done it once and I can't imagine going through it twice, let alone three times. Well, okay. I'll tell you the story three times. So the first time I went to go, I was playing rep at the time, like competitive on in Ontario league. Um, and I went to play school, high school soccer, worst mistake I've ever done in my life. <laughs> that's like, like high school soccer where I was playing, like my high school is just brand new. So a lot of the girls weren't playing rep or like knew how to tackle and stuff. And this girl really took me out and it popped in the middle. Mm. Of the trial. And we we're playing on, in, on a gym floor, which is also a mistake. So yeah, that was, my dad was not happy about that one. Um, then the second time I was actually like, I got misdiagnosed actually the first time. So they didn't really tell me it was my ACL. So I went to go play. Like I recover, I did recovery for an MCL tear. So you don't really need surgery because it kind of just like that's what the physio told me and then I went to go in a game my dad actually has it on video I went to go take a free kick and it popped out of place which was very bad and then I recovered it only took me seven months to recover I was playing I was fine 
Then I went to go play rugby, another stupid mistake. But I really liked rugby. It was very fun, very fun. Then a girl fell on me and yeah, tore it again. Then I recovered. I was good. I took a break from soccer and then I went to go play. I was like, okay, maybe during like university, I was like, maybe I'll go play in like a summer league or whatever with like some friends from school. And this one girl saw my brace and like came and like fully took me out. Like with the big brace on, like you've seen the size. Like, yeah, they see it. They're like, yeah, sure. Let me just, yeah. So then I toured the third time. I was like, okay, I'm done after that. (laughs) Like, yeah. That's wild. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And they they misdiagnosed you. How do you misdiagnose you? Like they didn't, they didn't look at the, the scans or anything. So what happened was like, you know, when you go to a physiotherapist, they like do the Lachman's test. Cause like, I, that's my program. Like I'm in kinesiology. So at mm-hmm. this time, I didn't know cause I was in high school, but they did the Lachman's test said that I had give. So they didn't say it was an ACL tear. And then later on, I was like, every time I would go to practice, my knee would just give way. Like I would run and I'd be like, okay, maybe it won't give way this practice. Like it was the worst, probably the worst fear I've ever had. Cause when you go in for a tackle, I wouldn't go. I was a defense, I was defense. Right. So I would mm-hmm. always go in and I'd be scared it would give way and I would just not be able to walk, which was the wow. weirdest thing because with an ACL it's not supposed to, it's, you're supposed to have give, right? Yeah. And then I went to go get an MRI and then they were like, yeah, this is, has been torn for like three months. That's and I was like, wild. Wow. That's <laughs> wild. It's, yeah. it's funny enough, well, actually not funny at all, but um, I've, I've also had, I was also kind of misdiagnosed um, when I, when I first tore my ACL, no one knew what it was. They, um, the first doctor I went to was like, oh yeah, you tore your calf. Nope. Do not tear my calf. And next doctor I went to, he said, I tore my, my, my MCL. My, like, all right. Okay. Well, again, I'm in high school, so I've, I have no idea what these words even are. Right. Exactly. So, um, and then I was lucky enough to be, uh, to have contacts in high places. So I was able to get a sports doctor's dash look at my name. He did a yeah. Lockman's test and he's like ACL tear. I'm like, oh, wow, this is, I don't know how many months after I initially tore it. And then I got, again, lucky enough that a guy at church was a surgeon and he was like, I, I can get wow. you in. I'm like, wow. All right. So <laughs> I had my surgery and, but it was, it was a long time coming. And honestly, I, it was a dark place for me because I was in the time, I was at the time where I was like, you know, I was killing it in football in high school and I'm, I'm thinking That's I'm going to do big things. Like, yeah. 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 Like even before that, like I was probably the fittest I've ever been. And then that happens. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it took me like a whole summer to get to where I was. Yeah. Like it was crazy. It was oh, just yeah brutal and the surgery oh yeah so how what they what they do for your surgery did you take the uh your patella tendon or hamstring tendon my patella the first time and then my second two times i actually got a cadaver oh yeah wow. so, okay yeah, they didn't want to take hamstrings they thought that it would tear easily so they took mm-hmm. someone else's ACL, so. <laughs> you got yeah, dead boy. people in you <laughs> yeah <laughs> everybody Oh, that's that's kind of wild. But I mean, modern medicine is, is crazy, and the fact that they can do that is is insane. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I had my my hamstring tendon taken, and so thankfully I don't have a scar going down in front of my knee. I've kind of I have four little incision marks uh, next to my knee. Oh, that's yeah. about it. So that's what I got the last time. But then the first time, that whole patella thing like kind of ruined mm. the vibes. So. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. It's all good. Oh, jeez, all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a story indeed. <laughs> Yeah. You also, okay, let's talk about future girls soccer because that's I've I haven't had such close uh contact with them, but I've you know I've coached some of the girls when they came into SST, and I so I know I yeah, yeah. I, I know Coach Michelle, I know Coach Kim, I I just I love the that's whole organization, yeah. So 
I was, my mom actually introduced me to, to Kim. She was saying that Kim was looking for people to coach. And like, for me, like I wasn't even like focused. I didn't even know anything. Like I was not focused on soccer at all at this point. Like, so when she said go, I was like, okay. Like the, I was coaching house league that summer and mm-hmm. just, like, the organizations, like just females, inspiring females. Like it really opens your eyes. Like Kim and Michelle are probably the best bosses. I don't even call them bosses. They're more like family. Like it's just like coaching with them. Michelle is like so inspiring like how she coaches like when I see her do her privates or whatever like she's like one of those like just hard working like pushing her athletes mm-hmm. she doesn't care like she's just like no tolerance you're here to work like I'm you're here to put in the work type of vibe so I kind of took after her in terms of that coaching style basically like so they they help they have a Blue Devils team which is what we would coach at SST then they have their future girls organization which is like Kelsey kids like from like four-year-olds to 12 13 year olds so mm-hmm. they have different programs like we have like friday footwork saturday fitness and shooting house league is like twice a week different age groups um yeah it's like it's it's just an amazing organization like all female coaches like that's it it's just like what i love about how they coach is they don't discourage anybody mm-hmm. it's more like helping females just like learn like such an amazing game like i never got that when i was playing soccer it was always male coaches some coaches not even knowing how to coach like but they know what they're doing. Like all this, we get to like help with the sessions. Like it's just, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Best job ever. Off of that, that's great. And honestly, I think representation is such a huge factor in someone's success. You know, you see someone who looks like you, who talks like you, who, who goes through life like you as you're growing up and like you see them aspire to to big things in their life. And it, it kind of inspires you to do the same thing. And so I, I love, I love everything about it. It's all, it's the, like, it's awesome. Like it's the best mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. All right. All right. Enough about everybody else. Let's talk, let's talk about you. What is leadership to you? So leadership to me, importantly, is being a positive role model. So like leadership, they say like the standard definition is like helping others to achieve a particular goal. But for me, it's like, you don't know what that person's goal is like you until you get to know them, but your job is to be a role model to that person. So like for me, it's mostly with young female soccer players. So like mm-hmm. it's either like a small moment, like helping them achieve a move during a drill or like, or it's like I have, when I do my private sessions, like this one girl I coach, her name's OT. She, well, her name's Olivia, but I call her OT. It's her nickname. Um, <laughs> she, oh, she tells me her goals. Like we text on the daily. So she'll just be like, my goal is to play U21 by the age of 16. And then she's like, I want to be strong. She's, she's different. She's built different. Go get her. All yeah, right. Exactly. Like when I train her, it's all like explosive stuff, like with the ball. Like she's like she has like goals like that. But then there's like little girls who just like I want to learn how to pass. It's like you know what? You still have to be a role model either way. If it's a small mm-hmm. girl, or it's a girl who wants to go play D one. Doesn't matter. You still need to be a role model. So that's what leadership is to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. How did you come up with the definition? I know that people tend to kind of get inspiration from different places to build their own thing. But how did you do it for yourself? I can't give any credit to myself. Mostly that credit goes to Kim and Michelle because they honestly like taught me how to be a coach. Like when I see Michelle talk to like four-year-olds, like you'd expect her to like only coach like 16-year-olds, 20-year-olds. But when she talks to four-year-olds, like they love her. Like they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like I love like, so she like how she talks to them, like she's encouraging them the whole time. Like you need to like, you can't, when I was growing up playing, I had a lot of coaches discourage you by like saying, you can't do this. You can't do mm. that. But it's like, if an athlete is telling you they can't do something, your job is to change that, make sure that they know they can, even if it takes time. 
So I learned that coaching at Future Girls because you'd coach four-year-olds and you'd coach 12-year-olds. Like there's no difference. You still have to help them regardless. Like it exactly. doesn't matter. With, with encouraging statements, like great job. Like even if, even if some days, you know, athletes have their off days, lazy, whatever, you still have to make sure that like, yeah, they're focused, but at the same time, you need to encourage them to keep pushing. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I love that. I really do. Really, really love that. And other than other than Coach Michelle and, and Coach Kim, have you had other coaches in your life that have really kind of pushed you to that level? I say my dad, for sure, because he's, he's a scary guy, but he's, he's <laughs> what he's talking about. Like he does. I, so like when I find when I was not playing, um, we took it upon ourselves to go actually by ourselves. Like I was not on a team. We would just go to prospect camps all over the states. And that was a scary move for me because like you usually go with your team, you play tournaments and stuff, but like, he was like, you know what? You just need to go showcase you go play with random people. You don't know who they are because a lot of girls here aren't built like me, like big playing soccer. I find they're all like, like built a different way. But like, when you go to the States, it's different. They're like built like football players. So like when you play against people like them, like it really shows you a different perspective. So when I, when he would take me, you'd always be in the car. We'd just be like, jamming music and you'd be like you know I just got to go have fun like don't think about it like just just go have fun and just play your game and like that changed everything for me honestly mm-hmm. because then That's you're just more relaxed you're just playing a sport you love by yourself without the politics behind it exactly i think i think yeah. that's huge i think that's huge and like you said like the the sporting culture in the states is is it's wild there must be something in the food there i don't know how <laughs> these athletes are like looking like they're 25 when they're 14 and I know, they're like, out here throwing their body around like and, and even the mentality is different they're like they're out to kill they're to play which is like what i love mm-hmm. yeah and like i loved going by myself because like i met so many people just by myself like you would just go play your position that's all i wouldn't be like politics here like as in like oh you can't play this or like some games i would just be like thinking I'm going to go play center back, which is what I played. But like, then they'd be like, no, go play holding mid. It's like, okay, well, I have not played holding mid. I mm-hmm. don't know how to play holding mid, never practice holding mid. But like there, it's like, they're looking at you for your specific position. Like I was going against someone when I got a scholarship to play D2 at St. Leo, who's six, five, she was six, five. And I'm like five, four. Yeah. Like she was huge. Like I literally like, it was, it's like, it's crazy, but like watching her play, like she would still take me in and like give me advice, which was really cool. She was a senior. So it's like, Oh, it's dope. That was, that just like made you feel comfortable. You know, like I didn't feel intimidated. Yeah. I felt more relaxed. What as in like here, sometimes I'd feel like intimidated because I wouldn't mm-hmm. know what I was to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's insane. That's insane. I, I'm sorry. I'm so stuck on the whole six, five thing. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's different. You're oh. so such a sick player. Yeah. Yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome. I, and I know a lot of coaches here kind of not, not necessarily discriminate when it comes to size, but like they see size and they they think something specific and like they'll put you there, exactly. right? Instead of looking at your skill set and, and playing to that. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you have the opportunity because I think that's huge for someone's development. Yeah. How has your leadership style evolved over time? If it has. So like my leadership style, well, I, what I'm saying is like coaches are leaders. So that's where I take my leadership, like mindset from, like, if I'm a coach, I'm a leader because you're helping those who want, they need your help. Right. So like what I find is like when I'm coaching, my words I use a lot is to adapt because there's lots of players that like, don't like the vocal in your face, like yelling type coaches. They kind of like, they kind of shy away. If you kind of notice, like they shy away and they want you to talk to them one-on-one. Maybe they need like a calmer voice, but then there's some that like, like when you're 
demanding and they like to be pushed and they like to be like they like that intensity which is what I find like I find so I do a lot of privates with some kids like OT for example she likes when she's pushed and she's like I want this to be harder like I like this then there's some that are like like I need it slower like I need to like I want to learn the drill slower and it's like those like they adapt to different people so like I have to change my coaching style based on the athlete so like I that's when I realized when I coach house league with FGS like house league was different because they're they're beginners right they're just starting to learn but once I got into when coach Mich- Kim and Michelle took me on to coach oh I also am a blue devils coach to coach blue devils I got more into like okay some players like the u9s don't like people that are super vocal but like u12s they're like yeah like let's go like I want this so like I find like when you adapt or you see a kid that's not that's really shying away from like the drill or like not paying attention sometimes you need to go up to them and just be like okay what's going on like do you need to talk like then they like start opening up and that's when you see like they actually want to learn which is really important like I find like you have to adapt you can't be a general type of coach exactly I've seen way too many coaches that are so singular in their in their coaching style and like cool you you may you may hit you know the majority of players but like you're going to miss out on the potential on those players who don't respond to the way you're coaching. Like I've had like playing football. I think, I think like the norm in football is like their coaches just yell. And so like, yeah, but like some don't like that. Like, uh, have you ever seen like the Titans? Yeah. Okay. Do you know PD? Yeah. The co- so I, what I actually like that movie actually helped me with my coaching fun fact. Like, so PD, there was a game where Denzel was yelling at him to like get on the field because he was an offensive and he couldn't catch the ball. And then there's the one coach when he's like, you know what, why don't you go play defense for me? He's like, I can't deal with the yelling. And then he, he actually excelled in his game because he was put on defense. Remember, he was making all those picks. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, there's actually kids that don't like to be yelled at. Like they need, maybe they need to go to a different spot. Need, they need you to like tone down, like walk them through it. And that actually like inspired me. I actually watched that movie and then I went to go coach that same scenario happened to me. And then wow. like she was just getting the drills and I was like, okay, maybe you actually, you need to adjust. That was like an eye open. You have to adjust. You have to adjust. Have Honestly, to adjust. like, I've, it's funny. Cause like I've had coaches that yell and yell and yell. <laughs> and I don't know if I've had a coach that doesn't, but I'm not a yeller when, when it comes yeah. to coaching. It's, it's very strange. Like I, I, I didn't, not that I don't like being yelled at. It's like, I, I can be yelled. I can, I can get, I can get fiery and be, and get competitive, but like, I'd rather coach pull me aside, but like, Hey, you did this wrong you do this to fix it or like they kind yeah. of talk to me and then and, and explain to me what I did so I can adjust right instead of yelling 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 because we're going to miss something and then it was mad for what reason right so yeah, not, like, that's awesome that's why I love uh, future girls because like there's a lot of us on the field there's a mm-hmm. high coach to player ratio so like that's there's a awesome. lot of coaches that sometimes if you just take a step back and you look around and you can see what players are not getting it or whatever it's easy for you just to go help that player because you know mm-hmm. that the whole group's being taken care of and then like everybody's taken care of as a collective yep. which is like that's that's super important because like some are like they feel like they can get neglected which you don't want right mm-hmm. exactly yeah. exactly so you went from a highly competitive soccer player with aspirations to play D1 or D2 soccer in the States mm-hmm. to three ACL tears to stepping away from the sport altogether. Yeah. What, I, first of all, I think we need to talk about your mental toughness to get through those tears because rehab, rehab it ain't no joke. Like that oh, ACL rehab is different. It's different. It is- it is oh my, so yeah. the first ACL tear I find I was probably the that was the 
the quickest I got through rehab because I was really motivated because it was my first one. So they were always saying like, oh, it's easy to like, it's not easy, but like you only tore once. So mm-hmm. like your knee is still proper to like recover. So mm-hmm. I find that was like easier for me to get through. Well, except for like jumping and all that type of stuff. But like, it was like to strengthen, it wasn't bad. because I was already in the gym and like my dad wrote up an ACL rehab protocol. I just followed awesome. that. I just go to SST and just like go through that on my own time. Like I would go before school at like 6 a.m. and just get through it. So I wanted to get on the field because like, I think it was, I tore it in the winter and then I had summer season coming up. So I was like, mm-hmm. this is like a good timeline. Like I was actually in a pretty good timeline to get to recover. But like the second time I was, it was hard. It, I wasn't really mentally tough anymore. Cause I was like, what's the point? Like, I'm not going to go play competitive. I'm already behind I'm second year at Western. Like there's no point. The third one, I think I didn't even finish rehab. I just like, mm. just got through it. And then I was like, I wouldn't go strengthen it. I just let it be. But now last summer, I was like, my dad realized that like, cause I played flag football. I did intramurals. I was fine, but I didn't like play like how I knew I could. Right. Like, you know mm-hmm. how you can play when you're at your best. Yeah. So I was like, so he realized he was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like just sitting down, like you need to like get into it, whatever. So I actually started training with Kim's daughter, Athena, if you know mm-hmm. her hockey mm-hmm. player and like Izzy Lynch and all these other players. And like, I was like, okay this is like tough like you know my dad's training insane so yeah so we just started training as a group of athletes and I realized like I actually have potential maybe I could play again like right now I'm at my fittest I've probably been in like three years it's like I'm like jumping by myself like I can actually get over 27 inches now okay okay pretty proud for me because I never had hops ever if you know me I don't (laughs) play at all so like that's that's a lot like but like just I found like once I got rid of like the negativity I was like maybe little goals like jumping over the sticks jumping on top of the big black pile box like deadlift mm-hmm. them out like it just helps over time and like also training with other athletes who are already motivated like it really got me out of my dark place mm-hmm. that's good that, that's I think that's really really important I know that um when I was when I was recovering from my first ACL well my first my only ACL tear um <laughs> they they were saying that yeah it's supposed to take you know between four to six months to to rehab and then but you won't be at your full potential until a year after yeah that's what I don't like when they say that you won't be at your full potential like that's not motivating at all that's not no not at all and I took that as a challenge I took that as a challenge yeah. of like all right bet yeah, <laughs> I was clear to play, I was clear to play after three after four months and like I I'm pretty sure I was like full go soon thereafter too. So I'm yeah. like, nah. Exactly. Like I find like, I don't know, surgeons sometimes are the most motivating people after, especially like an ACL tear. They're like, yeah, you're not, you might not reach your full potential, but that's okay. And you're like, um, like that's not an excuse. <laughs> you're right. Exactly. I got things to do. Right. But no, I think, I think, I think, you know, you doing what you did to recover from three ACLs, um, and 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 still be at this place where where you are is super inspiring for a lot of people. It's fine for me because like I don't know how you did that, but good for you. And to take kind of that energy and take that that you know all everything that's pent up from there and transition it to to starting female soccer fitness, I think that is huge. And like something we talk about a lot at Beyond the Game is mental agility. And so essentially yeah. taking the energy or taking your the the mental toughness from one thing and switching it to something completely different. And that's something that you've done. Yeah. You've gone from being an athlete to now a coach. You mentioned that your organization, you know, you work with young girls, with young yeah. soccer athletes. So um, mm-hmm. is so what our mission statement is actually is 
to like help young it's not young but like it can be from like young to like going into university age okay. group right now it's young because it's small right we haven't mm -hmm. really branched out yet but so basically what i what i take from that is that the players that we coach need to go onto the field and be like i'm gonna last 90 90 minutes no exception mm -hmm. like period like you don't want to go into a game hesitant that i might not get there first i might uh, i don't know if i'm gonna get through this my injury this whatever but it's like you need to know that once you step on the field you're gonna have enough battery to get through 90 minutes be a starter stay on that field for 90 minutes straight so that mm -hmm. your coaches know you're gonna last mm -hmm. like that that's the goal like that's what i feel like a lot of coaches might not recognize is that like uh, like endurance it's enough to run 5k yeah that's that's great but like on a field are you gonna run 5k you probably will but you're gonna go start stop start stop like that's yeah. what you're gonna do it's interval training it's like i'm gonna get there first win the ball make a play then i'm gonna active rest for mm -hmm. this much and then i'm gonna be able to check this way react like that's 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 what soccer is that's what i find when i was on the field like that's all it is it's not running the same speed for 90 minutes it's yep. can you nope. change your speed for 90 minutes that's mm -hmm. the key. That's what we teach through speed, strength, and agility. And then, like, also what our main point is that, like, the game of soccer is unpredictable. So you need to be able to react in an unpredictable manner, like keep them on their toes at the same time as the games being unpredictable. Absolutely. Absolutely. When did you, when did you start doing what you did or what you're so doing? I started coaching at Future Girls two summers ago, but FSF was born actually during lockdown of last year. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so it was like, well, my dad always had the idea. It was usually, it was actually first called workouts for soccer. And he already had like the plan, but like he saw that when I started becoming a coach, he was like, okay, maybe a female inspiring other females more ideal than a male inspiring female. Well, he inspires his athletes, obviously, but I think from a soccer perspective, like he knew what I went through getting coached mm -hmm. by by male coaches and he's like maybe you can actually take these athletes and inspire them in a different way so i was like okay bet um so yeah so then it just was born after that so we started doing virtual with future girls last lockdown it was me and him but then in the summer after we got out of lockdown it was just like just fitness was a part of their program and yeah. now we brought it to hamilton so in hamilton we run a program on mondays that's half skills half fitness so they do an hour of skills, an hour of fitness. That is just me coaching them for two hours. And it's okay. built, it started off with like three kids. Now it's at like 12, like, and like the Hamilton kids are like, some of their teams are all coming, like, and we're actually coaching. So female soccer fitness actually does the Blue Devils fitness now. So okay, cool. I'm on that Thursday, yep, with them, which is awesome. My favorite day of the week. Then I do also this team in Hamilton called West Lincoln Warriors. They're, they're in Welland, sorry, that's farther. But yeah, we coach them up in Hamilton as well. That's only a female team. Okay. So that was like our first big one, if you could say. But yeah, yeah hopefully it grows. But for now, it's just like, it's fun. Like, I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I think you're, you guys are going to be in for like a lot of incoming clients because I because I, people underestimate the impact a female coach has on her female athletes and I think I think it's going to be huge so I'm excited for you bro I'm super okay. excited for you I hope it grows but the one thing that like branching into another thing is that like I'm scared of for a fear is that like a lot of people will see me as being young so I'm only 22 mm -hmm. right young and like a female and like a lot of male coaches that coach these teams out here might see it as like someone that's easy to to push around you know what I mean that's the only thing mm -hmm. that I have a fear of but like 
for now it's working like hopefully it stays working but like yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly like i also dealt with with like super ignorant coaches and i think the one the one thing i can i can tell say to you is that just keep doing what you're doing because you'll you're gonna get results and they will they have to be dumb not to be like you know what there's there's merit here so i'm going to i'm gonna go there so keep doing you because it's, it's gonna show when you're gonna you're gonna get what you, what you need to get thank you no problem okay so what is your motivation for striving for excellence like why do you do what you do So I do what I do because I believe like every athlete needs to be pushed to the best of their ability. Working with an athlete, you need to like, like, it's like when you're starting something, you have to get like a baseline of where they're at. Like usually when I first do a session with like athletes, I do a lot of privacy with like kids separate. That's where I find like, that's where my motivation came from, from the beginning. I never really did privacy before. Then once you actually get to know an athlete, you're like, okay, here's what they're strong at. Here's what they can improve on but you need to like make them what they think they can be. So usually, so with some of my athletes, I have them write down three goals, three improvements. So I keep it on hand. And then I base my sessions off those things and off, obviously off what I see, but like, because they know themselves best, right? Like you need to know, they want to tell you what they want to do at the, at the end of the day. Like you can help them give advice, help them with certain things, but like they have something in mind. So you need to help them bring that to light through coaching and through specific drills. Like if they want to work on their shot, okay, add it in. Or like the girl I coach OT, she told me that she wants to be, I don't know. She always tells me that she sees me as being really muscular and like using her body. So like we work on, like, I get like a football pad and like hit her with it. She like pushes me and like nice. creates space. And then we make it based off her position. Cause that's like what she wants to strive in. Mm-hmm. She just have to adjust on the fly. And like that, that like when they accomplish something, like that's what like keeps me going. Like mm-hmm. it's just, an awesome feeling that's dope that that's really really cool so you i'm sure i'm sure you know one of lebron's uh taglines strive for excellence um and i've (laughs) kind of taken that for myself as well and like every day i I strive for excellence if that's like getting one percent better so be if that's like breaking records all right bet what is your motivation (laughs) for striving for excellence actually one of my one of my motivations is kobe because kobe's been my role model since like I don't know how long I can remember. Like my yep. birthday, rest in peace, Kobe. Mm-hmm. My jersey number is twenty-four. Like just who he is. Like I find I relate to him so much. Like when I was playing, I also played basketball. Like I find some people see me as like a perfectionist, one that I can get down on myself really easily. But like once you get out of it, it's like a bull's like in a rage, and like you're just gonna go tear it up, like on the field, on the court, whatever. And like mm-hmm. I find like his grinds, like how he like always practiced like all the time, and like he needed to make this amount of shots before he left the gym or whatever, or that picture of him when he's wearing like just the PJs and he's just like shooting and like yeah. literally it's gonna look a disaster. Like, it's just like, <laughs> that's just like, that's just amazing to me. Cause it's like, honestly, like someone who can push themselves that much, anybody can. Mm-hmm. And that's what like kept me going. So like any, anyone I coach, I usually bring up Kobe cause he's like my inspiration, but like, yeah, that keeps me going, especially like his passing really hit me hard. So yeah, that's been like, I, like a lot of female soccer fitness coach on the website, we'll have Kobe quotes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see his impact kind of transcend sport. Like I was, I, I don't know. I, I remember kind of growing up and like there, there's, you're either a Kobe lover or a Kobe <laughs> hater. Again, I was definitely <laughs> that, a Kobe that, hater. That, 
exactly. Right? Like, I love to hate Kobe. I'm like, ah, he's overrated. <laughs> oh, he's whatever. But I just, I just loved his game. And so when, when he yeah. passed, I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> no. Can't, can't do it. was like, I almost shed tears. It was, it was tough. But, um, yeah. Like, but just, yeah he's mm-hmm. kind of, like, people think he's cocky but at the same time like he gets it done like that's all that it's matters if you're on the court and you can get it done like i don't know i think it was michael jordan who said this at this funeral it was like he would tell him like there's no i in team and kobe was like oh but there's a me in team so like <laughs> i was like okay like, like he's a different dude he's a different dude but i mean like again he, he, get, he gets ball, it done that matters. he can pass the ball he can shoot he gets you points up on the board like exactly you want a ring or no that's what i see it <laughs> you want a ring or no and that's facts though yeah oh my gosh that's yeah. so funny that's so funny um yeah no i remember when when he passed like i did i had to do a whole kind of podcast just kind of sitting there just talking about the impact kobe had on on people's lives and kind yeah. of seeing his his motivation going through things and like every time i i see a new podcast come out that has kobe in it i'm like i'm listening to it i want to see i want to yeah. know what he has to say um yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love hearing. And even in the last dance when he made like a maybe like a three minute appearance, I was still like, oh my gosh, like crazy. Yeah, like <laughs> it is. It really is. It really is. Okay, so Kobe, I know watching Kobe, like his kind of a thing that he he would say a lot was that he was obsessed to to be the best or obsessed to perfect his craft. I know that was his way of keeping himself motivated. What is your way? Like how how do you do what you do? So my way to keep myself motivated, like from a coaching standpoint or for like just a person? Uh, both. Give me, let's, start, let's start with coaching. Let's go from person after that. Okay. So coaching for the, my motivation is that I don't want players to go through what I went through with a negative coaching influence. Like I had some really good coaches, but sometimes the politics drives you away from the game, right? You just get mm-hmm. fed up. So like for me, I don't want them to go through that. I want them to just have someone that they can relate to and talk to. And know that I like, I'm always there for them. Like I like feedback. I like giving feedback. Like I like always being a presence so that they know that they're like taken care of. Like they're going to be good. Like knowing that even if they want to just talk about like anything, like I'm always here for them to like talk to me about it. Just knowing that I'm there, but knowing that they're always going to be pushed and that just like, just knowing that I have their back, that keeps me going because honestly, like they, you need a role model. You need someone that you can like, talk to you on like a casual but also serious level which is really important in sport that just like keeps me going because honestly like I don't care about the politics whatever like I know FSF is small I'm not too worried about that but like knowing that I have like like a good group of athletes even at future girls like having no like family there like it just keeps me going because honestly like that's all that matters like Mm -hmm. having inspiration from others or providing inspiration to others keeps me going I think I think that's huge and like you said, building a relationship with your athletes, it goes so much further than than anything could could ever do. I had a coach growing up when I played basketball in Oakville, Coach Wilton Grant, by far, <laughs> by far my favorite coach of life. Uh, I'm sorry, other coaches, I love you guys, but Coach Wilton Grant, <laughs> like he, uh, he called me like like the the thing the thing that that I felt with him was like he was kind of like a second father to us um we we'd go we go into practice he calls gentlemen he'd be like you you're representing yourselves your families and then your city like that's that's what you're doing that's exactly how she talks exactly right it it, it switched everything in my head yep she's exactly like that right It, it it changes like those are people that you want 
around for for the long time for a long time right like as soon as you're done playing sports like all right can i still talk to this coach yes exactly. can i still talk to this person as as a person yes yeah, so like, this is what this is what i think just changes athletes for for the better like at the end of the day when you're coaching when you're coaching amateur athletes you want to develop them not only in their sport but like also as a person right because at the end of the day the sport can be taken away from them like that you know like as, as you know better than most people <laughs> so yeah, like, I didn't have a coach I could like talk to about it that would like that wasn't my dad because at the time I didn't know him and Michelle I, w- I wish I did would have been a different story but like like they didn't tell you like when I tore my first coach I swear I think at Oakville soccer club I tore my knee it's not like oh she's gonna get there it's that like oh you tore your knee playing high school soccer like that was stupid but it's like okay yeah I understand that but like are you gonna help me out from a mental perspective or it's just gonna be like mm-hmm. okay that was a stupid mistake like coaches need to help them in life as well outside of the game which is like really important yeah Mm -hmm. like you need to be able to talk about anything and like that's just like you need to feel comfortable like I never like right now is where I feel comfortable like I wish I had that playing at the time like I wish Michelle could have coached me at the time like I wish I found her when I was younger I would have been a different you know what I mean so I want to like when I see her coach I'm like okay maybe I can take that on to kids that I coach yeah. One of my one of my mentors kind of taught me about a um, uh, a concept called breaking the cycle. Like you've you've gone through when when you're younger, you were coached a certain way, and for the most part, people typically coach the same way that they were coached because that's the only way they know how. But like, if you don't like that way of being coached, why would you continue it on? Like people exactly. people like, people don't like it. Like break the cycle, change something up, and to hear that that's what you're doing now as well is is huge because it's going to change lives. Yeah. <laughs> I like that break the cycle break the cycle yeah. exactly <laughs> so in your role at female soccer fitness what does leadership look like so for right now it's usually just me but like it's like for me leadership to me looks like can for like with the program I'm doing right now it's a big group so like it's it's hard with one coach to like help all of them at once but like to me it's being vocal and being attentive so like when I run a program or a session, everyone's focused. No one's playing on top of the balls. No one's fooling around. Everyone's focused, watching the drill. And then when I when I usually talk, it's from a game-like perspective because it's a lot of soccer players like, yeah, it's good that you can freestyle. It's good that you can juggle. It's good that you can do all that stuff. But can you get past a player with speed, be explosive, and score? Like, that's, that's what's important to me. Like, can you do that? If you can do that, you're good to go. Like, because that's what players in this – that's what – a lot of coaches in the states are looking for is like can you be explosive like a find that's really underrated so like when I coach I have to always relate it to a game like perspective so they can envision it and then do the drill like they would in a game like that's what's really important to me when I coach even if it's soccer or fitness both of them apply from a game like perspective like envisioning something and making it a part of your mental game and then when you get on the field you'll like recognize it and then you can take what I said and then hopefully yeah go through with that that's huge honestly i think think that's that's a very challenging thing to do because like you want to we just talked about building relationships with your with your with your athletes but then also taking going from the like the personal relationship with them to being their coach and like making sure that they're serious and like they're actually you know envisioning games like situations i think that switch is very difficult i know i've had a very hard time with that in the past um but it seems like you're, you're doing that pretty well. And I know it'll only get better. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah.
Yeah, that game like is like is really important because like especially for people who are in certain positions, like sometimes you need to recognize like does anyone here play striker and they raise your hand, then you're like you can adapt it to them and then they can see it or like if it's a defensive drill like anyone play center back anyone play right back like then they can see what it's like because then when they go with their because FSF right it's not like when I was growing up I never had programs that weren't run throughout my club. So like the fact that it's ran through like a separate program and it's a different person someone they're not used to. It, it makes them feel uncomfortable. Eventually they'll get used to it because then they can take it back to their team and then use like whatever they learn from us there, which is really important. That's why like future girls and like programs like, like, uh, like also FSF, like you're getting intake from someone who's completely new to you, but like, and then it might spark a light bulb like in your head, like, oh, I've never seen it that way. Okay. Maybe I will adjust this, like break the cycle, like exactly. be uncomfortable. It's okay to be not common. Exactly. Oof. Choose to be uncommon. Oof. Shivers. Yeah. That's our, that's our, our, um, our motto is for female so- young female soccer players who choose not to be common. That's awesome. It, it's that okay. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Nice. What's next for you? Like, what are the next steps in your journey? Like, my next steps is hopefully to get, um, to coach a couple more teams, like, on an eight-week, like, contract, help them with their fitness development, like we're doing with uh, West Lincoln Warriors right now. And also just like to come up with more programs. Like one of my dreams is to run like a full explosive agility camp for young female soccer players, like just working on pure plyometrics and like that attack step, first step acceleration, like an hour for like a week, just to, for them to see like what it's like to actually be explosive. Like that's one of my like goals and the first summer camp would be so cool, like on turf and like have mm-hmm. a bunch of like, speakers come and like all talk about stuff and then like we're working on pure explosiveness like that's all we're working on with the ball and without the ball like that's one of my goals like and it's to make it like a tradition in like a summer like either if it's here in Hamilton or wherever just that like athletes know that they're going to come to an FSF explosive camp and I'm going to work on that for a week straight that would be sick well like, yeah awesome. that's, that's awesome yeah and do you have do you have any any kind of goals for yourself or next steps for yourself aside from aside from um, FSF my goals for myself is this summer I may want to try out for OWSL or league one okay Okay. the game maybe if I'm mentally like good enough or physically good enough like right now I'm training like twice a day but like I'm getting into it that's like if if I could do that like that would be like a full circle for me and that Mm. would just be like me actually like the fact that I can play and coach would be like a dream Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that would be that would be awesome that would be definitely be dope have you ever thought about coaching coaches no but that now that i'm thinking about that because kind of cool. <laughs> like you have like i'm hearing you talking like you have what it takes to be a successful coach and i think you know to help kind of change the next generation it's 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 a great place to be to coach the coach the athletes but it's another it's another step to coach the coaches so they can coach their athletes in a yeah, better like way a workshop or something yeah. like that that would be that would be I feel like if I could do that like I would want to do it with female coaches mm-hmm. or even male coaches but like I feel like female coaches like young that are like my age would be that would be cool to get them in the mindset from now like mm-hmm. how do you have to talk to an athlete? Like what I was saying before, like how you have to adjust, like you need to notice. That would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That so what does success look like for you? For me, success for me just looks like, like my, my version of success right now, like I feel like when I was younger, I would like always think, okay, D1, D2, like that's success to me. 
but now that I can't do that, like for me, like it's a smaller version of success is like when I finish a session and all the athletes feel like they learn something that to me is success. Because like, even if it's like, it's not a big goal, but it's like every session counts and like a little bit of them feeling like I, they accomplished something and they learned something new or they conquered something that they haven't thought they could. That's just like, that's what success looks like to me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What skills do you need in order to be successful? Uh, with your goals and your next steps so i think that's definitely like being mentally like like having a positive mentality for sure like because if you could be gonna have a negative mentality it just negative acts in negative and you'll act negative which isn't like what you want to do right you want to always be positive be an optimist another one is like to be confident that's what i find like if you have a con an inner confidence like it'll just make you a better well for me a better coach like if you're confident and you know what you're talking about and you sit and you prepare that so for preparation for me is very I'm very OCD about that like when I write a session like I'm writing it based off sessions I had before and I draw it out like I can see my do a tank full of like drawings and stuff like when I'm prepared and I know what I'm doing and I can go in confident into that session and like fully take the athlete through everything like if you're prepared you'll get everything done and then you'll be successful you can't just go into a session not knowing what you're doing or like just coming up with drills from the past like you need to like prepare and like watch videos and like like just get insight and then relate it to what you're doing and then take it on the field like I usually like read it on my way to Hamilton sometimes or like I'll like go early and like practice it like I love to practice before so when I know when I'm demoing that it's just like it's clean exactly like yeah yeah it's it's actually really interesting because the all the top athletes, coaches, uh, entertainers, whatever it may be, people people attribute their success to preparation. If you are prepared, it's set. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So, like you mm -hmm. just like prepare for a test. It's the same thing. They can't walk onto the field blind. Like you need to know no. what you're doing. It's just like you need to like be comfortable with it. So then you know the next variation of drills, especially for soccer, because a lot of the drills have variations. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to explain how this variation is different from the first one and. Yeah, it's a lot. So you have to like know, be prepared. That's yeah, huge. That, that's huge. Preparation is, is key. Again, we'll say it again. Preparation is key. Make sure you're prepared. I don't care how long it takes, but do it. What <laughs> advice do you have for a person who's looking to step up into a leadership role? Advice I can give is know whatever leadership role you're going to go into, you need to know that you're going to make an impact. So you need to do it in a positive way. So you can't just step into a leadership role and be discouraging. You need to step into that role, be powerful, strong, but know that you're going to inspire that person that you're being a leader to. That's the advice I could have. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that. That's awesome. That, that's really, really awesome. Surpri surprise segment is not here, but are you, do you read, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube clips or anything? Not okay. anything recently, but like, I don't, but I do watch like a lot of those like Coach Maria interviews where she interviews mm -hmm. players or like just uh, past players, which honestly just like talking to past, but like Paige Culver, you know, Paige Culver, like yep. hearing her stories and like talking to people at SST, like that's mostly what I do, but I should listen to more podcasts. Well, this is the first podcast. Part of 
Yeah, I should. But, yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to break you into the uh, the podcast market. Trust me, there's a lot yeah. of stuff out there. Pick and choose. There's something for everybody. So I'm happy. I'm so happy that you're a part of this one. I know it's gonna it's gonna make waves. It's gonna make huge waves. Thank you for having me. Different names for success, but we gon' taste. Keeping metal on tango, me okay. Gold medals round next, CFL ranks, Bill Kings, Queens, BTG, repeat, rotate.